Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herc Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. And Camp Mobile where leaders communicate better. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going out to the heartland today. Uh, Nate Larson. Nate is a certified master athletic administrator and he's the assistant principal along with me in the activities and athletic director at Logan View Junior Senior High School in Hooper, Nebraska. Nate, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Really appreciate you having me. Well, uh, we've had a lot of fun with these. Um, uh, I remember uh, doing a workshop with uh, Darren Boyson a few years ago out in Nebraska and uh, just beautiful country. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, he's the director of our coaches association. Does a great job. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Well, let's just uh, jump right into it. We always like to have our uh, uh, listeners get a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up and where you went to college, uh, maybe how your love of sports led to a career in athletics. Uh, absolutely. I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, and had the good fortune of my dad being uh, a teacher and a coach. So for as long as I can remember, I was ball boy, water boy, whatever I could do to, to help his teams out. Um, back, back when it wasn't quite so official, I filed, fired the uh, starters pistol at a few track meets and, uh, you know, just had a lot of fun getting to know all the kids that, that my dad would coach. Um, and, and that continued, uh, went to Lincoln Southeast High School where, where dad taught and coached. Um, and, and was able to play football there, uh, fortunate to, to be able to play for some outstanding coaches. Um, you know, Chuck Mazursky, Mike Butler, Doug Miller, uh, just some, some incredible people. Uh, went on to college at the University of Nebraska uh, and then have, have made uh, four stops in, in my career, um, three as, as a teacher and a coach, and then for the last seven years as, as the assistant principal and AD at Loganview. Well, uh, growing up in Nebraska, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it's got that uh, reputation for uh, football. Uh, what was it like going to the University of Nebraska? Yeah, describe it for someone who uh, didn't grow up in that environment. Well, um, you know, kind of kind of the, the saying is Memorial Stadium becomes the third largest city in the state on game days. Uh, and, and I had the, the good fortune of being at, at school uh, during some of the glory days that, that ESPN likes to give Nebraska a hard time about now. 
Um, but but my freshman year, I got to see uh, the the 1995 Husker team play play all their home games, and there were some pretty incredible athletes uh, on the field at that point. So it was it was a lot of fun, and and it's an environment uh, you know for for people on the coast, it, it'd probably be a lot like going to to Cameron Indoor Stadium for a basketball game. Well, share a little bit about that journey from you know teacher coach. Uh, to uh, coming over to the dark side, being an athletic director, uh, you know, how did that happen? Um, well, I had actually gotten my master's degree uh, probably six years before uh, I decided to use it. And uh, I've got to give my wife a little bit of credit for, for my master's degree being in administration rather than social studies. Um, as, as I was deciding what to do, she asked me if I got one in social studies, what would I be able to do? And my answer was pretty much exactly what I'm doing right now. And so she said, well, why would you do that? Why don't, why don't you do something different? Um, so I got my degree in administration and uh, I just wasn't ready to be done coaching yet. Um, so, uh, you know, about six years later, uh, this opportunity presented itself uh, at a school where I was uh, familiar with some people, knew some of the members of the coaching staff uh, and, and was, was comfortable moving my family from where I was at. Uh, as far as the move to administration, uh, athletics has been such a big part of my life um, for as long as I can remember. Uh, I can't see myself being an administrator in any other role but an AD uh, because I don't want to give up that connection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was just talking to a coach, uh, the other day, and he said, you miss uh, coaching. I haven't coached for about six years now. Uh, and I said, well, I miss parts of it. But, you know, as a coach, you're in charge of that one program. As an AD, you know, you're uh, responsible for that entire, you know, program, uh, varsity, JV, middle school for a number of sports, school spirit, uh, everything. So uh, it's a different challenge. And, uh, you know, I agree 100%. Uh, I really enjoy it. You mentioned some of your high school coaches, and uh, in our business, we always talk about the importance of leadership and mentoring. So uh, elaborate, go a little bit deeper. Who were some of your other mentors, either teachers or coaches growing up? I'm going to guess your dad probably uh, would be in that list. Yeah, and then he, maybe he people you've worked with or worked for. Uh, the expression I like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head when I'm talking to a coach or a teacher or a parent. So whose voice do you still hear? Uh, well, you're, you're hundred percent correct. Dad is, that is a very big part of that. Um, you know, he's still coaching. He doesn't teach anymore, but he's still coaching. Um, and he's always been uh, my entire career. Um, you know, a phone call away about any, any issues because he's, he's been there, done that. Um, even things I'm seeing as, as an AD now, uh, you know, to get a coach's perspective on it. Uh, it it's kind of interesting to, to hear him talk and then, you know, just bounce ideas off of him. Uh, you know, I look at a guy, you know, Chuck Mazursky, my, my head football coach in high school. Uh, you know, there, I'll never forget a day I got in trouble at practice and, and, you know, I was adamant that I hadn't done anything wrong. So I knocked on the coach's office door and, and, you know, said, coach, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I apologize about today, but I, you know, I really want you to know that, that I didn't do anything because I cared about his opinion that much. And he just looked at me and said, Nate, 
you got in trouble today on a day you didn't do something, that probably makes up for about 10 days you didn't get in trouble when you did. I just said, thank you very much, coach, and closed the door and walked away. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, that, that kind of resonated with me just as far as always, always trying to do, uh, you know, the right thing. Uh, you know, I had Mike Butler was my offensive line coach. Uh, and I think I probably used some advice from him in, in my daily routines quite a bit because Mike always told us to, to expect the worst and hope for the best. So, uh, you know, kind of, kind of just always having a, a plan B and a plan C ready to go. Uh, you know, if this goes wrong, what do we need to do? Um, you know, how do I make sure my bases are covered here? Uh, and, and Mike was a, a big, big part of that influence. Um, getting into my teaching and, and coaching career, um, you know, Dave Carlson, the first head football coach I worked under, um, taught me a lot about everything that goes on behind the scenes, getting ready for a game. You know, it, I, I had, had been the, you know, a position coach before, but uh, I learned a whole lot about what went into running a program. Uh, working with Dave, and, and he gave me my first shot as a coordinator. Uh, and then, you know, Randy Hubert, um, who's now working for the, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Nebraska, retired from, from teaching, uh, but just learning about, I mean, building positive relationships with kids. Um, nobody better uh, that I've been around uh, for, for that. Uh, from the administration side of things, I was really fortunate. Um, we have a mentoring program in Nebraska and Bill Fitzgerald, uh, who's on the yeah. publications committee, uh, was, was 15 miles down the road and was my mentor, uh, and has become a great friend. Um, Bill's been, been instrumental in helping me, um, kind of get on the right path as an AD, get involved with, with the state and national organization. And then just through LTI classes, guys like, you know, Steve Throne, Mike McGurk, Rich Barton, um, the, the cohort program uh, that the NIAAA offers, you know, Daryl Nance, Mike Elson, Todd Sabrilski, uh, Becky Moran, just some, some fantastic people uh, that I've been able to come in contact with because of my involvement there. You know, you mentioned, um, you know, the State Association and, and NIAAA. Um, share with our listeners, particularly our younger ones, you know, that process of uh, uh, maybe taking that first LTI course uh, and then how that turned into your uh, pursuing and attaining your CMAA. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really fortunate. Um, you know, Nebraska, we, we offer uh, 501 uh, free to new ADs at our state conference. Uh, and, and our state conference is in the fall. So it's my first year. Uh, I was able to take 501 and 502 at our state conference. It worked out that my first year at, at, at the school was the AD's year to go to a national conference. Uh, so I went to National Harbor in December of 2014. I took four more LTI classes out there uh, because the district was, was willing to support me and pay for those things. Uh, and our spring awards banquet, uh, I took two more uh, LTI courses. So by the end of my first year, I had eight. Um, a lot of that was, was due to guys like, like Bill Fitzgerald and Mark Armstrong was our, our state LTI coordinator at the time, um, really encouraging that path, um, not just from the standpoint of achieving certification, but how helpful 
those classes are and what you do every day. Uh, I'm a little bit old school. I've got the manuals on my bookshelf over here. Oh, yeah. uh, even for the classes that are, are flash drive or DVD, I've printed the manual. So, so I've got the hard copy there. Um, you know, that was, was huge to have that influence of people, um, you know, supporting that journey and the school district being willing to as well. Share just a little bit, uh, you know, what your project was and um, how that came to fruition. Um, my project was rewriting all of our emergency action plans for school. Um, when I took over and, and going through our activity handbook, uh, the emergency action plan consisted of uh, call 911 and call the AD. <laughs> and uh, I wanted something a little more, a little more detailed than that. Um, so now, um, well, needless to say, uh, individual coaches for each program have a specific role. Uh, if something's going to go on, uh, we've got a different plan for, for each gym, for our theater, for our football field, for our golf course, um, you know, and, and each coach is responsible. Um, they, they get an emergency action plan at our, our meeting at the beginning of the year. Uh, I go through those action plans for, for each location. So everybody's familiar with, with what's expected. And uh, I, I feel a whole lot better about our response now, should something happen than I did when I first started. Yeah. I mean, those are things that uh, you hope you never ever use, but you absolutely, you know, have to have ready to go. So good job. Um, Nate, you've been at uh, some different schools. Um, obviously, you know, you're in a state that, you know, really encourages and promotes professional development. So you've seen a lot of good ideas. So uh, my next question is, uh, what's something that um, you feel that your coaches really do a great job? Uh, you know, something that you're particularly proud of, uh, or maybe something you saw at another school that uh, you're going to steal that idea like any good athletic director will? Well, I, I, I'm going to, those two things go together. Um, uh, probably two years ago, uh, Mike McGurk uh, came up to our state conference and taught uh, the LTI class on student leadership groups. And uh, I, I stole that idea from him, started a student athletic advisory committee. Uh, and my coaches have done a, a tremendous job uh, promoting uh, and, and teaching those leadership skills to our kids. Uh, this year, our, our Student Athletic Advisory Committee uh, worked with me and we created a virtual Veterans Day program because we couldn't bring veterans and community members into school. Uh, so I took, uh, I took five kids. We went and interviewed two local veterans. Uh, we recorded our high school band and choir. Uh, even our, our local kindergarten classes like to sing a song for, for the veterans program. So we, we did that and, and they helped with all the editing for that. Uh, typically, when it's an in-person program, uh, they are responsible for, for preparing a breakfast for our local veterans to come in uh, so they and their families can eat breakfast before our program. Um, we do a different community service project every spring. Uh, last year, kind of right before COVID hit, it was uh, a school cleanup uh, as far as helping teachers get some, some unwanted things out of their rooms to recycling, cleaning up downed limbs. Uh, around campus, things like that. 
Oh, wow. That's uh, really cool. And, and it's kind of funny. We just in interviewed Mike McGurk uh, last week uh, for his uh, uh, podcast episode. So a lot of great names. Uh, you mentioned COVID. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, we've certainly seen a variety of responses around the country and even a variety within certain states, you know, Florida included. So for our listeners, we're recording this in uh, the middle of November right now. So uh, things uh, may have changed by the time you're listening to this. But Nate, tell us what's happening um, in Nebraska and then with your school as far as return to school along with return to play. What's going on in Nebraska? Um, well, we started um, every place but Omaha Public Schools uh, started the year uh, either face-to-face -face or hybrid. And my school is, has been face-to-face -face learning the entire school year. Um, I believe August 13th was our first day. Um, we were very fortunate. Uh, our school did not lose a single contest due to any COVID related uh, items. We lost one softball game to rain. We rescheduled one volleyball game because of COVID, uh, but we're able to get it rescheduled. Um, so our, our fall sports were, were able to play every contest that was originally scheduled. Um, I think we only had two athletes get quarantined throughout the course of the fall. Uh, the kids have really done a great job following the guidelines that we have set up for them. Uh, winter sports practices started yesterday uh, for the high school. Uh, my son's a junior high basketball player. They've got two games in already. Um, so we're pretty fortunate uh, locally that, that our coaches have really modeled uh, outstanding behavior as it relates to our expectations with, with masks and distancing uh, wherever possible. And, and the kids have really picked up on that and done a great job. Uh, our current state uh, mandated directed health measure from the governor is 25% capacity at indoor events. Uh, so for example, our school uh, moving forward, uh, when we start basketball games, each of our basketball players, because we play a lot of boy-girl doubleheaders, uh, each of our basketball players will get two tickets to give to immediate family members. Uh, and that's part of the directed health measure. It has to be a household unit. Uh, for the family. Uh, and we'll do the same for visitors. Every player on the roster will get two tickets. Uh, for our wrestling duels, uh, just based on numbers, that will be three tickets per kid. Triangulars or, or quads will be two. Uh, for our 16-team tournament, it will be one. Uh, we do have the, the huddle focus camera in our gym, so that allows us to stream all the events to our school YouTube channel uh, that we host at home. Uh, and for, for wrestling, um, we're working on, on getting a couple things so we can use the track cast wrestling system, uh, which rather than broadcasting three mats at once, each individual mat will have its own camera with a score overlay. Oh, wow. uh, so we're, we're doing everything we can to allow people uh, to still watch from home with the limited capacity. How... Uh from your fall sports experience with football and volleyball, uh, and I guess you all did softball too. Um, yep. How was that fan response? You know, were they uh, cooperative? Uh, you know, was it uh, high maintenance? You know, how'd that work out for you? Um, very much so, I think, in terms of cooperation from the fans. I think a lot of the parents are, are really understanding that, um, you know, whether or not they agree with the policies that the state has out there, 
they understand that that following those policies is how their kids get to participate. Um, and you know, when it comes down to it, that's what we all want. We all want to see the kids uh, continue to be able to to participate in what they love. Um, you know, our our one act play goes to districts in two weeks, um, and part of that is we're we're working on. Uh, the licensing rights right now so we can record it uh, because there's the potential that, that that district contest has to become virtual and each school sends in a video of their, their production and they get judged and feedback from there. Uh, but the bottom line is we're, we're going to do what we need to do so our kids can still participate. Yeah, and I think that's the message is, you know, hey, you know, we want to keep doing this, so help us keep doing this. Uh, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't be an obstacle. Um, Nate, since we've been doing these podcasts, uh, a question that I've been asking um, relates to this idea of, you know, social awareness, uh, social justice, if you will. Um, and my question is this, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? What are some things that we can do better uh, to help promote this, you know, this whole culture of social awareness? Uh, I think there's two things that really come to mind for me. Uh, and, and the first is, is listening to our kids and, and listen with the purpose of understanding, not responding. Um, you know, there's, there's some things that, that a lot of our student athletes are going through right now uh, that, that I probably didn't go through or I'm not aware of. And the only way I'm going to be able to help make things better for, for the kids we have now and the generations coming up is to understand uh, the feelings of those kids that are participating now. Uh, so I think listening with the purpose of understanding is huge. Uh, and then I think we have to support our kids and the platform that they have. Uh, we talk about our kids being role models and, and the younger kids, you know, elementary and junior high students looking up to the high school students uh, that are participating. And we talk about how we want our programs to, to produce good good citizens, husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, just people in general. And I think part of that is supporting those kids as they stand up for what they believe is right. Oh, wow. Uh, I love that, you know, listen to, uh, to understand. I got to do that a lot more <laughs> just in my I regular think we all life. Do. <laughs> yeah. um, Nate, I've also been asking our athletic directors, uh, early on, I would say, what's your favorite part of the job? And of course, they would always answer the kids, as it should be. But beyond that, okay, um, what are some of the really fun things for you about being the athletic director at Hooper? You know, what gets you excited about coming to school each day? Um, I love the staff that I get to work with. Uh, I've got a great mix of, of veteran and young coaches, um, you know, some some people that that can at our coaches roundtable meetings, which have had to look a little different this year with, with distancing guidelines. Um, but, you know, we, we get the been there, done that uh, advice. And we also get, you know, the new energetic point of view. Uh, and we've got a great mix right now. And it's a really fun thing to be a part of. Um, you know, my, my maintenance staff at school, I love going and, and helping them set up the gym or get the football field ready. Um, just because they're, they're great guys that they care about the kids too. Um, and it's just fun being a part of that. It makes me uh, think back to 
uh, one of my early, uh, actually, I guess it was my first position as a head coach, uh, at a veteran AD, very supportive. And in our coaches meetings, um, uh, he would invariably say, now we've done it this way for years for a reason. Okay. If you have a better reason, show it to me, you know, so he wasn't afraid of change, but he was explaining, Hey, there's a reason we've been doing it this way. So, uh, uh, I, I love that, uh, you know, that mixture of, uh, you know, the veteran and the excited rookie. Well, Nate, it's been great getting to uh, know you virtually through the NIAAA, uh, you know, portal. And this has been wonderful, uh, you know, having a conversation with you. It makes me uh, want to come back to Nebraska even more and, uh, you know, see what you're doing there and steal some of your ideas. But uh, we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the new athletic director's toolbox. Now, as a seasoned athletic director, you know, you probably have a good handle on things. But right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Nate Larson's athletic director toolbox? Um, I think first and foremost has to be a work ethic. Uh, you can't be afraid to jump in and you know, whatever needs to be done, uh, you've got to be willing to do it. Um, whether that's, that's setting up, whether that's, you know, uh, filling in in a role, if, if you've got an emergency situation for one of your coaches, um, you've got to be willing to do all that. Okay. Uh, and I think part of that goes to, you know, you talked about missing some things uh, as a coach. And, and for me, one of the things I miss most is, is that direct contact with a group of kids. And, and I think as an AD, that's where work ethic comes in too. You've gotta to be very intentional uh, about getting out of your office and interacting with the kids in school. Uh, it, it, it's important for me uh, that, that they know me uh, as, as something beyond just the job title or the guy that gets, gets the gym ready to go or schedules the game and the bus to get there. Second thing is going to be a growth mindset, um, whether it's the LTI courses, uh, you know, just reading whatever you can get your hands on. Uh, always approach things from the standpoint that that you can learn more and be better, better tomorrow than you are today. And then I would also say a, a network. Um, and, and that's where the, the NIAAA and, and for me, the NSIAAA has been great. Um, you know, get to know those people that, that are your peers, um, lean on them for advice. You know, don't ever hesitate to reach out. If you've got a question about something, there's a, a wealth of resources. And, and you mentioned the NIAAA portal. Um, that's something I, I really wish even more people would take advantage of than currently are. Um, you know, heck without that, I, you know, I don't know that I'd have made a connection with you. So. Well, I appreciate, uh, you know, that shout out, but uh, again, great advice, particularly the networking uh, within your state, even within your district, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, there's an AD just down the road and uh, unlike coaches who uh, normally, you know, keep secrets, uh, athletic directors, they can't wait to, uh, you know, share ideas and, and help somebody out. So great advice. Well, Nate, thanks again uh, for being a guest. Uh, hopefully I'll see your face in um, one of the many NIAAA conference workshops uh, coming up uh, in December. And uh, you know, hopefully our paths will cross uh, for real down the road. 
I look forward to it. Hopefully Denver 2021 gets to happen in person. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll let you buy me a beverage there. Okay? I can handle that. <laughs> to our, uh, well, actually, uh, before we go, if uh, one of our listeners wants to get in touch with you, um, what's the best way to, uh, to reach out to you? Uh, my email address, uh, first initial, last name, N-L-A-R-S-E-N at loganview.org. Okay, so N Larson at loganview.org. Yep. All right, well, now we'll say thanks for being on to our listeners. Thanks as always for tuning in. Remember, these episodes are also being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational Athletic Director YouTube channel. So you can not only listen, but uh, see us. So uh, thanks again for uh, tuning in. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.